show getting ranked. It's alright, there's no need for thanks. Choosing who's good and who's tanked. These are our decisions, we take them to the bank. Deciding who's number one, it'll be fun. Decide your victor, pick it up. Take us on the run. Tempe's your host from coast to coast. Here with great guests, not trying to brag or boast. So sit back and be impressed. Leave it up to us to do the rest. Listen up, it'll be a blast. Sit back and enjoy the Getting Ranked podcast. Welcome to Getting Ranked, a podcast where we determine who stands above the rest, who's A number one, who's first on the list. Tonight, we're discussing a topic that is one I've wanted to talk about a while, but I was looking for the right guests, and finally I found them. Tonight, we're talking TV superhero shows, but we're leaving it to live action. There are a lot of great animated ones, whether it's Teen Titans, whether it's any of the Batman ones, or the Justice League ones, or of course, X-Men. But we'll come back to those on a later date, and we'll focus just on anime. Uh, excuse me, just on animation. But for tonight, um, joining me, per usual, my co-host, Reggie. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. And how are you doing? I mean, I can't complain. I wish it was the weekend, because I got Monday off. Woo-woo! What's up for fake holidays in Massachusetts? <laughs> um, but also joining us, uh, returning guests... You guys know him online as Average Adam. What's up, Back man? by popular demand. Yes, sir. We got you lined up on a few shows coming up, but we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Uh, but before we get into our icebreaker, our first segment, I wanted to do something a little different moving forward. Um, I got a lot of cool guests. They're really unique people, and I want you to know a little bit more about them just outside of the fact that they agreed for some reason to be on the show. Um, so, we're going to start things out with the guest intro. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. Adam, tell me, or actually tell the audience, one unique thing about yourself, or one unique experience that you've had that says something about you? Um, I was trying to think of something interesting, and unfortunately, I don't live that interesting of a life. But the one thing that people seem to find the most surprising or interesting about me is that I was actually homeschooled for most of my life. And they're surprised that because I don't, you know, I can talk to people and carry a conversation and look people in the eyes. They're amazed that I'm homeschooled or I was homeschooled. So I will say that's probably one of the things that surprises most people when they've talked to me for a while or get to know me. They're all kind of amazed that that was a uh, that was a thing in my life. So I wouldn't say it's overly cool, but that's probably the most unique thing that most people haven't done in their lives that I've I've done. Well, I gotta say that's definitely unique. I I can think on one hand, and you can take three fingers off uh, the number of friends I know who were homeschooled. And I gotta say, you're more normal than both of them. It's uh, it's not easy to come out on the other side of that normal. I will say that, but uh, it does happen. It can happen. Uh, Reg, I know you're not technically a guest, but you are a co-host. Uh, why don't you give us one unique thing about you or one unique experience you've had that says something about you? Um, I am a military brat, I guess. That's unique, I think. Um, matter of fact, uh, moved around so much that between fifth grade and freshman year of high school, I went to a different school every year. So that was like six different schools. Uh, that's just because that's how military brats roll. So, so in seven years, you had different teachers, and in seven years, I had the same teacher? 
we're like the exact opposite of right. each other. Right. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and, and like for for that reason, like um, high school dramas and like coming to age stories, I just don't get because I, I just never lived that kind of lifestyle. So like those are movies that uh, you know I love movies, but those are movies that I just don't get, and I just have no like basis for understanding. Mm. Hmm. That that is interesting. You guys are kind of like uh like glass and whatchamacallit um unbreakable you guys were born to duel against each other (laughs) uh for me i'll make mine quick uh i probably won't do one every show but since this is the first show i'll go ahead and give you guys something you don't know about me uh i still have i still have i have five sea urchin spines in my foot um i've had them since about the age of what did you say nine or ten i was probably right around that age when i had that incident oh i would say earlier maybe eight um, yeah, so we were uh, living in Okinawa, walking out on the reefs, you know, just checking out all the tidal pools and walking in a straight line. That way, you know, if it's safe for the person in front of you, it's safe for the person behind you, except for when it isn't. And I stepped on a sea urchin, went to the hospital, and they were able to pull seven of the 12 out. The other five, they basically were like, hey, we can pull these out, but if they don't come out clean, it could cut some arteries. He may not be able to walk. And my parents are like, well, what happens if we leave him in? They're like, his foot grows around, then he'll be fine. If he wants Yikes. to take him out someday, he can take him out. And, uh, yeah, so they left them in. I have never taken them out. And weird, it used to be scary, but now it's just weird because I'm used to it having, it's been so long. Uh, if I walk for very long, like if, like whenever I go to Europe, and I'm doing a, like a vacation in the city where you're walking to all these tourist destinations. By like day three, I can feel them shifting in my foot. Not That's very bizarre. much, but I can, or maybe I can feel my foot shifting around them. I don't know which one it technically is, but that's something crazy unique about me. And I don't suggest it, by the way. If I can't believe can. they don't get infected. That's wild. I just want to point out that weird flex when I go to Europe. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to. Well, it's not every vacation that you walk around, but specifically <laughs> in Europe. You, you could have just said when you walk around a lot. Well, yeah, I probably could have, but. <laughs> ah, but he did say not every vacation was to Europe, Red. I mean, come on, let's give the guy a little slap. <laughs> Seriously. He doesn't always vacation, but when he right, does. Right. <laughs> it's uh, <European laughs> vacations. Now I feel like an asshole. Um, enough of this guest <laughs> intro. Let's get into an icebreaker. Imagine you had the powers of one hero and one villain of a single live-action superhero show. Which show do you pick, and who's a hero and who's a villain? I'm picking The Flash all day, and the villain, I'm going to go with, um, uh, what, Savitar? (laughs) Yeah, the, basically, was, like, basically, the Flash gone evil in the future, so... I double up on the flash powers. So you're just super fast and time travel. Right. Hmm. Would you still pick them if you got their personality flaws as well? Oh, that's a good question. Because his biggest personality flaw is bad writing. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, if I get bad writing, I don't know. I'd have to, maybe I'd have to rethink that. Um, well, while you think about that, Adam, uh, What's the show you pick, and who's your hero, who's your villain? All right, so I'm probably going to get a groan for this, so I apologize. 
But I'm going to pick the Umbrella Academy, and I'm going to put a little caveat in there. So I even put in my notes that I kind of consider, and we'll get this in another episode or possibly later on this episode, but I kind of see everyone in that show as slightly a villain and a hero. So I can go deeper into that uh, at another time. But my two uh, my two powers would be to teleport slash time up like number five. And then I would also like to be able to um, change minds like the rumor or, or to tell people what to do and have them do it. Well, I think um, even if you didn't consider all of the kids from the Academy um, heroes and villains, five is definitely a hero and definitely a fucking villain. Yes. Uh, so that combination would still work. And that's, a you know, I'm going to write that aspect down because I definitely want to dive into that. Definitely maybe a little bit on this show, but um, spoiler alert, we're going to do a whole mini show just on the Umbrella Academy because I got some strong opinions and I got some strong opinions back from people. So we're going <laughs> to talk about it. And uh, I think I'm going to change some minds because I'm confident. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, so what were yours? What's for me, yours? Uh, the show I picked was Heroes. Uh, oh, that was my second choice. Oh, oh, that's probably the better choice because I know exactly who you should take. That okay. villain, though. You well, let's let's think of the villain. Um, what's is it? Is this name? What's his name? Was Skyler? Was that the name of the? Skyler. Skyler. Yeah. So you get Skyler, so you can as a villain, you can take anyone's power. Yeah, you got to kill him, but at least you can do it. Um, now the hero is where it gets tough, because part of me wants to take hero for his time travel and teleportation. But the other me part of me wants to take um, sort of the main guy with his ability to acquire other people's power. But then he got to the point where he can only take one at a time. I think I would go with Hero just for the time travel. Because then I could always stop time if I needed to whenever there was like, trouble. Like if, if you could hear a bullet, then theoretically you could never really get hit. Mm-hmm. But bullets travel faster than speed of sound, so... Well, yeah. But here's the thing. Let's say you hear it right as it's hitting you, and you freeze time. You can almost push yourself off of the bullet. You're still going to take some damage. It all depends, I guess, how deep it goes in. But I just think time travel, teleportation, with the ability to take other people's power. Yeah. Again, though, you add in in that caveat of like their mental and character flaws... Then you become very dangerous. Oh, yeah. For oh, so, okay, so quick side question. Okay, so when you imagine, let's just say when you when you think about this question and you're imagining yourself having these powers, just in your in your mental image, are you imagining yourself, like, are you thinking, what would I do for good? Or are you thinking, how would I use these to further myself, you know, maybe in nefarious ways? Like, do you naturally think towards the good or do you naturally think towards the evil? I think towards how can I benefit myself first, just because I, and this literally I know is how I would rationalize it to myself. Once I set myself up, I can help other people. Gotcha. I I would go with the Batman thing. Like if I have a bunch of money to protect my identity and the people I care about, then I can go about dismantling, really dismantling like crime syndicates. Because like if I could freeze time or if I had flash powers, like... The very first thing I would do is I would be looking at the worst criminal organizations in the world and would just start dismantling them piece by so like, piece. 
So like the American government, you would just start dismantling that oh, horrible criminal organization? Eventually. Like, the uh, first place I would go would probably be like, let me go to like Africa and go mess up Boko Haram. Let me go to Syria and mess up ISIS and mess up Assad's forces and maybe have to mess up some some um, coalition forces. But I would just be like, in these areas where people are dying consistently and no one's helping them, let me put an end to that first. And then I can work basically on a scale of, of devastation. Who are, who's hurt the most and getting the least amount of help? That's who I help first. And then start moving up to eventually getting to cartels and dr- street gangs and stuff like that in America. Not that like street gangs aren't harming people in America, but like they're not killing hundreds of people at a time. The biggest fish get the biggest, most attention. Yeah. And not to mention when you can time travel, you can do something and then jump ahead about 10 years and see what your, make sure your choice didn't make something worse happen. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, Reg, how about you? Where, where do you go first? Do you go with uh, how can I help, or do I go with how can I help myself? I would start out, I think I would be the quintessential die a hero, live long enough to be a villain. Because like, I wouldn't be selfish. I would start out helping, you know, doing doing the most good or whatever, but I think eventually you're going to come across. Because like, a lot of people make a lot of money off of bad things you know so like you're eventually going to come across a a point where you're in direct opposition with people who should be on the side of good you know you know like like for instance if you went into brazil and decided you know what i'm going to be an eco terrorist and i'm just gonna like if that was your thing and you were like i'm just gonna stop all the whaling in the world because I've got the power to do that. Well, then, you know, Japan and the UN are probably going to have a problem with that. Or if you go into Brazil and you're like, I'm going to stop all the devastation for the rainforest. Well, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to have a problem with that. And then it's like you versus the world and stuff like that. And then I think it also depends on if there are other superpowered beings there, you know, because like if you're the only Superman on, on Earth, well, then it gets to a point i don't know it just it seems like dictatorship is the natural evolution of that because you're naturally putting your views above that of everybody else's because you can affect right. that much more change exactly uh, i i don't know how i feel about that i i kind of i get where you're going but like i'm thinking about if you if if i had your flash powers and i was on the planet and literally nothing could ever touch me as long as i kept myself fed you know, don't do anything stupid like end up in a area where they drop a nuke or something like that. Like, I would, while I was taking out the Boko Haram's, I would also be going to people and be like, listen, the way things have been going has got to stop. And if, say, some oil company tried to send an assassin after me, I'd snap to see if the CEO, if I found out, because you'd be able to check, if I found that the CEO was part of it, I'd just snap his neck. But th- that's my point, though. Yes, and but here's the thing. And I how go, many necks are you gonna have to snap? I would go. <laughs> I know? think after a while, people would people would get it because I'd go to the board. Room. No, no, because like here, prime example. Let's say you because you would have the power to stop the war in uh, Yemen, right? Yep. There are a lot of people who are making billions of dollars off of that war. They're gonna be really pissed if you go in there and take every single gun and every single piece war machinery out of there and you dismantle it all, there are going to be a lot of people who are going to lose a lot of money and that is going to be a problem. I would have a press conference 
that would basically be broadcast everywhere. And I'd just be like, here's the deal. The age of war is over. The age of starvation is over. The age of greed is over. And if you try and stop me... So, that's my point, though. It eventually would have to become a dictatorship. But you don't have to be a dictatorship. You're just saying, hey, I'm not going to allow you to kill people just because you want oil rights anymore. But you're you're missing the point. The CEO has a political power because he'll start talking to his congressmen or senators, and then all of a sudden the American government is like... This person is a terrorist, number one, and then then it's you versus the United States. What do you do then? I think you could, especially if you're not showing your face, I think that you could do enough good works to show the world that these people in power are doing these bad acts for their power, not for you. But here's the thing. You could do that now and t- today. The, the only difference is you have the power to actually – one person would have the power to affect that thing. You know, because like, uh, right now – I don't think you could do that today. Right then now – get killed. No, let me finish. Let me finish. Because right now we could stop the war in Yemen if people wanted to. But we choose not to because there are people in power who have a vested interest in that continuing. It has nothing, but if you had one person with enough power to stop something like that, well, that changes everything. Well, let me ask you this, Rich, and, and then we got to have Adam answer his own question. Um, <laughs> do you think, what percentage of America do you think even could find Yemen on a map? Legit. 1%. And I think that's me. I think that's That was just my example. I'm not saying. There are other examples like that. I mean, my my point is, I think that, and this is something that, as I've gotten older, I just believe less and less. I don't think that you can count on the masses to do what's best. That's never happened in history. Like, okay, so to play devil's advocate here, I do understand where Reggie's coming from, and I do think human nature would take over, and you would end up being a, a sort of a dictator because you're still putting what you believe higher than what everybody else or other people believe. But I also think that the reason that the masses have never um, done necessarily the right thing that they know should be done is because most people feel powerless to do that. So if you become those people's champion to do the right thing and they actually feel like what they're doing matters and they have somebody behind them backing them up, I think that's where, you know, you're not, you're not somebody that needs to get reelected. You're not a politician, you know, because everybody knows you get all these promises in the beginning but then you know that they're going to be, you know, they're going to be dirty in a couple of years, you know, at the latest from special interest groups and all that stuff that are going to be funneling money into them and, and basically handcuffing them. You know, all these politicians, I believe people actually want to go in there and, and implement change, but they just get so mired in, you know, what our system has become. So I think that if they had somebody that they believed actually was going to institute this change that they could get behind people would actually rise up and and rally to them so that you wouldn't have to do all of the heavy lifting what he said um but while we're at it adam which way do you go do you help when you think about your powers do you think of i'm going to use this to help people first or do you think about to help yourself first Oh, definitely help myself first. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I, I definitely think I, my immediate thing is how do I get in and out of a bank or how do I, you know, that kind of thing. Like that's my immediate thought or just to like see places I'm not supposed to see, you know, how do I get into those places and do that kind of stuff. But I do feel like after a while that gets boring. You can only have so much money. You can only spend, 
you know, so much of it. And that is somebody's money that you're taking or, you know, some of it's insured, but eventually the people at the bottom are usually the ones that you're going to hurt. So the banks are insured. Everybody's got all this, you know, money, but the little guys are the ones that are going to end up getting hurt in the long run. So I feel like you need enough to survive and do what you need to do, but you know, you can only take so much. So eventually you're either going to become an actual villain or you would have to, you know, start doing for other people. You know what? Now that you mention it, I, I did say I would start out using good, but I think that would be that that would be like I mean the first thing I would do, the very first thing I did if I had like flash powers, it would be to try to make myself independently wealthy. That way I would not have to work again or something. That way I could move on to doing, you know, all the good or whatever I wanted to do. You know, because like, that's something you always see, like, superheroes always have, like, a day job or something. Well, the first thing I would do is try to f- make sure I don't have a day job. So, like, I might rob a bunch of cartel members or something, take all their money, <laughs> put that in a bank that I can, you know, just tap into every now and again. Not and then, then I would do all the good. <laughs> Not only that, like, I think if you think about getting yourself set up, it makes it easier for you to do good stuff in the long run like if i got storms powers i would just go around the world whenever fire season came in california i'd be like yo half a billion dollars and i'll put every fire out within 24 hours that's my deal as a matter of fact i'll give you one for free and i put this i just fly up put the fire out use my powers and then be like write that check and I'd let the whole public know and be like, "What's you guys are going to lose more than this much money anyways, so you might as well just give it to me and I'll save your your residence. And then I'm making money and I'm helping people, and then I can use that money to go other places to help other people. But you, see, but you see, Mr. But, Hero, what you're doing now is now you're holding human lives and property in, in balance with you making personal gains. So isn't that making you a villain? Only no. up to the only food up, for no. thought. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Just because like you're 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 trying to I mean, people that have to help people. It's the people. Oh, listen, doc, doctors get paid to save lives. There's no reason for a superhero to, to get paid to do the same thing. Agreed. I mean, okay. and not only that, it's selfish on your government if they're not, especially if they have the money to do it. And they're not giving you the money. Like, you don't have to charge every community or every place that much money. Like, you go to a poor country like Haiti and be like, hey, you know, I'll stop this hurricane that's about to hit you guys. I'll read a bird. A sliding scale. Exactly. Be like, yeah, <laughs> just a couple of barrels of rum. How about that? Push it away. America, give me that cash. Do you, do you work for scale? <laughs> do we have to have a listing? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was a great icebreaker. A two-question icebreaker. Um, but we're going to get right to our general discussion because we are talking about TV superheroes shows. And like I said, live action only. Um, when thinking about this topic, what first came to mind? Your The shows you currently watch, the ones you watched as a kid, or like the classic era ones that even came, that predate us? What was the first ones you really thought of? That's stuff I'm watching now. Yeah, for me, it was now, uh, I said this on the earlier, on the previous podcast, but I was very limited in what I could watch as a kid. I grew up in a very religious, strict household, so my, anything pre, 
like 1996 is or seven is very limited. So I didn't get to watch much of that kind of stuff, um, especially if it wasn't animated, uh, you know, early on in my life. So mostly about stuff I can watch now. Interesting enough, like Umbrella Academies was the thing that wanted me to like talk about this subject or at least to talk about it at this point. But as soon as I started thinking about it, I thought about all the ones I watched as a kid. Um, I was a big fan of the classic superhero TV shows like uh, The Green Hornet, obviously with Bruce Lee and that, uh, Wonder Woman and all that jazz. And I think about the, like, I try and imagine how those shows would be done today. If they would still have the, the legacy that they have or if they would just be sort of like a flash in the barrel sort of the way like a lot of the superhero shows are today like i think about the flash and arrow um they're popular in a certain demographic but like a decade from now is anyone going to remember these shows probably not it's just it's just it's a difference of you know back back on those shows that you're talking about there was like five channels so you were very limited so if you wanted to see anything you would watch those. That's why, you know, Batman, the original Batman live action, you know, was around for as long as it was. I mean, that show would get crucified, you know, in today's time and market because there's just so many other options. I think that was more a lack of options than it was necessarily quality. Not saying there weren't some quality things in there, but I don't think they would survive in the current, you know, climate or current uh, listing of shows that we have available. I have to disagree a bit. I think what you just said, you could probably say about any show today. I think the people who are going to remember it are the people who watched it. Like, I mean, if you didn't watch Battlestar Galactic, you probably don't care about it. And like when it has its 30 year or 25 year anniversary, you're not going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember that show, how it changed everything. You know, so like, I think people will remember The Flash if they watch The Flash. You don't think today's shows are a little more cookie cutter and like easy assemble shows and again yeah i, I mean if it, it yeah i mean if you're talking about in generally if people remember that they watched it that's one thing i don't know if i thought you're talking about overall will people remember that the flash was a show and did it change the general perception you know like batman did or, or wonder woman did I, I think well i think like the the netflix stuff probably more so but i don't know I guess we'll have to see, but like the Netflix thing, those actually probably change superhero shows, you know, and what you could do with a a superhero show. I kind of think the classic superhero shows, while obviously less technologically advanced, might have been better products in the sense of what they were able to do with their limited budget and their limited technology. Obviously, Batman is a little weird with them, you know, climbing up the the buildings when they're really just, you know, hunched over with the camera turned. Um, But I think um, I think about like, what's his name? Uh, The Incredible Hulk with Lou Ferrigno. Like that show made a mark, not just on TV in the time period it was on, but like even future like. That just because of his 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 role in that he's been in movies. Uh, you have the walkaway scene that the Family Guy and the Simpsons have parodied. Like, I don't think that we'll see that from most of today's shows, and I wonder why that is. 
Well, I, to be honest, I think the beauty in those, uh, you know, the, there is something unique about those shows, and that's that they had to um, write better or do different things because they couldn't rely on computer, you know, awesome fight scenes and all these huge explosions and all this other stuff. It's because they didn't have that. So they were limited. It's like a radio show. I mean, they had no visual, but there were some amazing, you know, radio shows like War of the Worlds that really did change things. And it was just because they had to rise to that, you know, they couldn't, they didn't have the visual you know, like we have today. So they had to write something that was better or deeper or get you more involved with the characters than they do today. Because today they could just say, Oh, we'll just throw some cool graphics and a, and a badass fight scene in there. And people will forget that these characters are annoying or this plot sucks. Oh yeah. Well, what, what are some good elements of a great superhero show for you all? Uh, for me, my, I just story. I want a good story. And I want good characters. I want good villains. I want good things. I don't care about, I mean, fight scenes are cool and cool, you know, graphics, but I don't think you need a lot of that. I know it's superhero, so you want to see big things, but if I don't care about the characters, if I don't like the villains, I mean, we've, you know, Marvel has been long lambasted, lambasted for their, you know, horrible villains that they've had, but the few good villains, I feel like stick with you more than the good superheroes. I mean, the Joker, has always sticks with you. I always remember um Kilgrave from the first season of Jessica Jones is like an amazing villain. Like I, for some reason, an amazing villain really sticks with me. And it's like, you need somebody that's going to actually challenge your superhero. Cause you know, the superhero is not going to die in most cases. So you really need to see something that rises to that. And I want a good story because there's nothing worse than having a good actor and having a bad script and a bad villain, i.e. Netflix shows for the most part yeah i wholeheartedly agree i want a good story i want characters that i care about because that's why i'm watching from week to week um also like um i want a show that kind of leans into the fact that it's a superhero show like i hate that there's shows out there that kind of try and shy away from that you know like they don't like to put the superhero in the suit or whatever and i I think that's important because, you know, that's kind of what if you're doing a superhero show, you should do a superhero show and stop trying to make it, you know, realistic or don't add like the physics of something to your show because that's not, you know, that's not what people are there for. I think that's was kind of one of the problems with like heroes. They they were like a superhero show that didn't want to be a superhero show. You know, they kind of wanted to be like regular people with everyday powers and how would that work and i mean that was interesting but you get to a point where it's like don't shy away from you know what you are and and what you can do and then i also this is probably my biggest pet peeve is you have to set up your own rules and follow them like i i hate when people or superheroes forget the powers that they have or and and that's really (laughs) comes down to like bad writing like one of the things that frustrates me with the Flash is people are always getting away from the Flash. And I'm like, you're the fastest man. You tell us at the top of every episode that you're the fastest person alive. How is it that people are just walking away and getting away? You know, they're like, I threw down a smoke bomb and now I got away from the Flash. Like, how does that even work? You know, stuff like that. Like, and and that's just bad writing because they don't know how to allow your your villain to get away till the end of the to the episode and that kind of sucks yeah that is kind of crazy like he should be able to search within a mile within seconds like right i mean they show him going so fast that he can go back in time or forward in time but yet some 
guy can just, you know, a normal human can just walk away from the scene. It's like, come on, that's just, I hate that. I hate stuff like that. Um, well, let's continue with that. What makes a terrible superhero story? Reg obviously doesn't like when heroes' powers are not properly used. What are some elements that just make you cringe or make you turn it off? Uh, a childish story. I, I really mm-hmm. hate that when they handhold you, it's like, you know, I understand this is, it, it depends on the show, you know, again, but some of the more, you know, especially on Netflix where they're, they don't have to worry about TV, you know, they can really do what they want and really stretch. I feel like they don't. I feel like they try and really box these characters in. It's like, you know, let them loose. Don't, don't make them. And, and when the characters are super, um, whiny, and again, this goes really into Umbrella Academy, which we'll talk about, you know, at some other point, but it's like when they just make the dumbest decisions over and over and over again, it's yeah. like, I, I can't, I can't, um, you know, I, I can't feel for you. I can't connect to you because I just feel like you're an idiot. And I just, and I see like all these bad decisions and it's like not saying that we don't all make bad decisions, but it's, it's, you can see the writing on the wall. Like, okay, they have so many episodes to fill. Obviously they can't solve this in three episodes, you know, so let's, you know, we're going to have to make these guys make ridiculously stupid decisions so that we can stretch this out. And I think that's inherently flawed in live action shows, you know, or any, TV series is that if you don't have a story that you can really flesh out in that time and they have to stretch it to fit, you know, if Netflix orders 12 episodes or 18 episodes, they got to see how do we stretch this to fit that amount of time, which usually entails either, you know, stupid B plots that don't matter or, you know, horrible decisions on behalf of our hero. When you know that that's, that wouldn't be the case that most humans would make. They wouldn't make those decisions. Yeah, I gotta agree with that, and that's really was my big, uh, that was my biggest criticism of Heroes. So often in that show, these people with powers would make dumb decisions that made no sense. Or they wouldn't use their powers properly. They're like, we're being chased down by this dude in glasses who has no powers. All he has is a gun, and I can melt walls with fire, but somehow I get captured by this guy. Or he shoots me. It's just like, Use your powers. Make the right decisions. Oh, this guy's chasing me. He knows where I live. I'm going to go home first. Like, no, you just get out of town. You're in your vehicle. You literally could just keep driving. But you're going to go home and try right. and sneak in. Like, like, like here's the thing that, that made... And this goes back to don't forget about your hero's powers or whatever, you know. And, and this is why I gave up on heroes because there was a season and I, I probably watched it way too long. And I think because heroes was one of the shows where like the first season was really good. Then the second season was garbage, but that was because of the writer's strike. So you're like, okay, we'll give them, you know, a couple seasons to get back on their feet. But like it just never happened. But like there was a episode, a season where, um, hero was being blackmailed. And the guy was like, I kidnapped your girlfriend. Another time traveler kidnapped your girlfriend. And if you don't do what I say, then I'm going to kill her or whatever. And I'm like, you cannot blackmail a time traveler. You know, I would just go back and be like, when's the last time I saw her? Pop back there and follow her. And when the guy goes to kidnap her, kill that dude. Then I would be like, okay, now what was your plan? You know, like it's stuff like that. That is just like bad writing that. You know, you hamper your hero or whatever in order to service a plot. Like, and like you said, you know, you, you have to do those things because you have 20 episodes to fill. And I, I wish they would, if they can't make a coherent story for 20 episodes, 
then do like half seasons. Like uh, Agents of Shield kind of did like half started to do like half seasons. Like the first season was its own story, then the second part of the season was another story. Uh, and I think like that's probably the thing that they should do because you have all these superheroes that are really powerful. Then you either have to give them powerful villains or you have to make a way that, to hamstring them that kind of makes sense. And then also along the lines, I hate fake drama for the sake of drama. You know, like people acting outside a character because they need to add a B plot or something like that. Or you mean um, when the hero who's been like, oh, we've been chased all around town. Let's get into argument. I'm going to blow off some scene by taking a walk. That's right. And then I, I get hate picked when, up. I hate when an adult conversation will end whatever problem they're dealing with. Like, I mean, we'll talk about this probably when we get to Umbrella Academy, but I feel like an adult conversation in Umbrella Academy would have fixed that show in three episodes. Easily. Yeah. Very probably, easily. Probably two, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean, there are just so many things. I, when I think about a good superhero TV show, especially live action, because of the fact that they don't have the ability to just animate around what they, like, what they want to show you and make it super fantastic. Like those limitations obviously hamper a live action show. So I think the world building is so necessary. And I'm kind of with you, but just in a different way, Reg. I think once you set the rules for your world, you got to keep them consistent. And that's another thing that I didn't like about heroes towards the end was just like, all of a sudden they would change the way powers work just to make it so that it could keep the plot moving. And I don't know if that happens in shows like The Flash or Arrow or Supergirl. I just was never able to get into those particular shows. But when all of a sudden the physics or the science of a world change, that's usually when I pull the plug. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of the things, you know, about a, about a movie is, is the vast majority of the movie is, you know, the setup. And then, you know, you can see their powers and then you meet the villain. And then it's mostly just, you know, A, B, C to get the, the superhero to find out what's going on. And then they have a big fight and it's over. But you can't do that with TV, unfortunately. So either you have to have it serialized, um, you know, where almost like a Gotham sort of where you kind of have a different thing happen every week. Um, but when you do something like the Netflix, you know, shows or Umbrella Academy or, well, not really Umbrella Academy, but most of the Netflix shows where you know who the villain is pretty quickly and the hero knows who the villain is pretty quickly. And then you just know that for the next 10 episodes, we're going to have to find out why don't they just, you know, hammer this out? Why are they not just going and solving the problem? And so you just know you're going to be run through the ringer for those however many episodes till you get to the end and they can actually, you know, duke out their problems. It's almost like a test of your patience. And are you that invested in the story to care to get through all those episodes to get to the end where, you know, where the magic's going to happen? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I feel like a lot of the, the um, Netflix Marvel shows could be seven or eight episodes. Like, but the thing is, they would be seven or eight good episodes. That's the thing. That's why I think Game of Thrones did so well. It's like they said, look, we're not going to stretch this out to make HBO more money. This is the this is what we have and we love it. And we're only going to give you this many because other than that, we're just giving you more stuff than, you know, than you need. Yeah, we're just yeah. we're just stretching this out. So I love that they had that idea. Like, look, this is where it ends. We only have this many episodes left. You know, deal with it. And everybody does deal with it because it's amazing. And when people care about it and they care about the characters and you have amazing writers, people will take that 
and say, and it's not like Netflix is making advertising money off having so many episodes. They don't need it. They could have six or eight great episodes as opposed to 12 or 14 mediocre episodes. And then nobody cares to come back to watch season two or season three. Or just no one rewatches the season because you're like, I made it through. Like you say, it's like a marathon. I made it through. I don't want to do that race again. Yep. It's like testing your patience on how long can we keep you, you know, involved. Which, which with TV is a different thing because they make ad revenue. But with things like Netflix and HBO and all those, it's like they don't need that. So just make a good show and people will watch it and they will love it and they'll come back for it. All right, guys. Um, before we get into Umbrella Academy, I wanted to go through and see what your guys' definition or what elements you think are necessary for a superhero um, show to be a superhero show. Because if you do some searches online for best superhero shows, you will get some crazy-ass, whack answers that just do not belong on the list of superhero shows. So I want to yell some out to you guys. Um... You can either, you know, if you haven't seen it, I'll explain it just to see what you guys think about whether or not it qualifies as a superhero show or not. Oh, boy. Now, okay. looking at some of the classic TV shows, the human with an awesome, uh, the human with the awesome technology. Um, so we're talking uh, Airwolf, which was a guy with an insane helicopter. Uh, Knight Rider, again, talking car just a dude inside of it uh looking at those do you consider those to be superhero shows no yes whoa knight rider is a superhero no see i think knight rider is a superhero show i think what? airwolf is just a military show no he's can you do can the vast majority the overwhelming majority of people do what he does or i mean what does what does what does tony stark have he has no powers. He is a normal person, maybe an above average intellect, but I'm sure there are other people that are brilliant like him, but he has no inherent superpowers, but everybody considers him a superhero. So what makes him different from everybody else? Well, what he does with what he has. But Knight, he's not fighting super villains. He's just fighting, he's like the he's crime of the guys. week, dude. Yeah. He's fighting bad people. He's fighting bad people, villains. He's not a superhero. He's just a guy with a... No. He's just a guy with a... Well, anybody could do what Michael Knight does. Not anybody could be Tony Stark and be Iron Man. Why? Because you need... It's more than just the guy in the suit. For Especially for Iron Man. Anybody could fill in and drive Kit around. Kit could probably do better without Michael Knight. The only thing Kit can't do is actually get into, like, buildings and stuff because exactly. he doesn't have a physical body. They together... Iron Man Soup can't do that either. Exactly. They together Yeah, he are can. A... I mean, we saw, like... I mean, he has remote control suits and all that stuff. So would you call Jarvis... Uh, would you call him a superhero since he can control the suit remotely? Is he a superhero? He's superhero-ish, yeah. No, 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 not ish. Ish, yeah. Yes or no, man. Friday. Come on, I'm putting it's, the screws to you. Yeah, it's it's, it's Friday. I think She's just the, a computer program, but she the can difference run a suit. is they don't have autonomy. Uh, Kit, I think, has his own autonomy. Yeah, you can hack Kit, but for the most part, Kit is like a sentient being. Jarvis is not necessarily a sentient he being. Can't so he can't fuel himself. Kit can fuel himself. I'm pretty How? sure he doesn't have hands. How's he gonna pull the the pull the? I, I, <laughs> okay. 
I think where we're getting off here is, is basically what is your definition of a superhero? I think a hero, basically anybody could be a hero. It's somebody that's going to overcome, you know, what most people wouldn't overcome to do good, right? Can we agree on that? Let me give you that's another, a hero. Let me give you another example, okay. another classic example. The leading, the leading guys, the Lone Ranger, the Green Hornet, Zaro. Do you consider them to be superheroes? Yes. Because I think they are. I think they're action heroes, superheroes. There's nothing super about them. I think, I don't know if just being a dude is enough to make you super. I think maybe it's your feats. The things that you can do as a po- or have done is, is kind of what makes you super. Like, there's a time when I don't think I would have even considered Batman to be a superhero. He's a, more of an action hero. But then, you know, he does stuff like he takes on bad guys like, you know, Bizarro or uh, Clayface, these people who do super amazing things. So, yeah, that makes him a super amazing dude. But, like, Bizarro is just a dude that, you know, well, here's, he's got he, – he's fighting, like, imperialism or whatever yeah, but he's an entire, But the dude took on an entire army multiple times, taking out entire forts. Like, if that doesn't make you super, an entire fort and, – and here's my other defense of that. They're taking on the biggest dudes of their time. Would they be able to take on Brainiac? Of course not. But Brainiac wasn't alive back then. And when they were around, they took on the biggest, baddest people. No one else could take those people down except for the Lone Ranger, except for the Green Hornet, except for Zaro. I, mean, I, I think it really depends on what your what your definition is of of a superhero because like you could say the same thing about Hawkeye you could say the same thing about you know Black um, Widow Black Black Widow um, I mean there, and you could say the same thing about the villains I mean if you look at the Joker he has no inherent special abilities besides his mind and his ability you know to see the situations and how to best you know work them to get where he wants to go but he doesn't have any powers but he's one of probably widely regarded as the best villain or slash super villain, you know, maybe of all, you know, across all, I mean, at least in the popular consensus, I'm sure there's better super villains out there, but I mean, why, why can't a normal, you know, ish person still be a superhero or a super villain? Does it, is it only because they have powers? I, I don't think it's necessarily the powers in of themselves. I think it's, what you're able to do with what you have. I think that's what makes you a superhero or a villain. And I just do not think that the Lone Ranger is just a, a cowboy. I mean, that's all he is. He, there's nothing special about He's him. He's not just a cowboy because he takes uh, down a bullet, cowboys. A bullet could take, a bullet could take him out. But it you know? never doesn't because of his skills. And that's what I'm saying. Like Same thing with Batman. Same thing with the Joker. Exactly. A bullet could take him down. Exactly. A well-placed bullet can take them down. And we what, what damn sure what, know that, that the Joker's a supervillain. He's just a dude. <laughs> because it's what he does with his, his own thing. I don't... There's nothing... And Michael I, Knight uses his car to do good and lasts for like six seasons on TV. Isn't that a superhero? No. Okay. Uh, agree to disagree. I just, okay, one more category from the classic era. <laughs> Hercules, Xena, Beastmaster. Superhero. Beastmasters can communicate with the beasts and sometimes use their abilities. Hercules is Hercules. Xena, Warrior Princess. You're telling me they're not superheroes? I believe they are, but we all know where Reggie's going to come down on this argument. Beastmaster has powers. I mean, 
Right, they're heroes. Super is, I guess, is where I'm getting hung up on. Like, huh? You are just so you're comparing these people of the past to the villains of today. I guess when I think superhero, I think capes and tights. That's what I think. And so it's the it, outfit. It's not just the outfit. It's the whole. I mean, Zoro had a cape, and he had a mask, yeah, and he had tights. True. I think though, like Xena, like they're like you're talking about demigods. Are they heroes? Yeah, but I mean, I guess aren't they the I mean, aren't they the heroes of that Greek mythological era that they're depicting? Right. I, I'm not. We're not arguing whether or not they're heroes. I think we can all agree that they are. But I think superheroes. I think a bit more. I mean, I guess you could put them in the pantheon. Yeah, sure. I guess they're superheroes. Right. I think the heroes are the people that fight alongside them that don't have any special powers or special abilities. Those are heroes because they're willing to they're willing to do it when they don't have those things. But superheroes are ones that have something extra that most people don't have and they still use it for good. I think that's what makes them a because you have bad people and then you have villains. You know what I mean? So there's and then you have heroes and you have superheroes. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. I'm gonna run through some real quick that um. We're on a list that I looked on. One was on Wikipedia. One was on, like, Top 100. Um, and it was terrible, some of the ones that were included. But here we go. Um, skipping the first four, because those are all obviously ones. Um, Into the Badlands. Haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you. A superhero? No. Zach, I didn't think it was one as well. Penny, Penny Dreadful. Again, haven't seen it, sorry. Reds, this is one for you because I haven't seen it either. But I saw him list and I was like, is that a superhero? I don't think that's... No, because they're not really heroes, so no. I mean, it's... No. It's like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen-ish, but it's... But none of those people are trying to do any good, really. I mean, they are fighting evil, but I don't... I wouldn't consider them superheroes, so I would say probably not. Um, that Van Helsing show with the uh, lady, the female descendant? No, that's just a supernatural show. Well, speaking of which, Supernatural. They're not superheroes. Uh, I There's saw... no capes. There's no tights. Obviously, they can't be superheroes. I, I think up... superheroes, I think comic book, I guess. And, and maybe that's just me. That's that's how, I guess that's where I draw the line, I guess. I saw a list that had 24 on it. 24. From Fox. The old Keith Sutherland show. That dude is not a superhero. Neither is MacGyver, which was the one I saw on the list. Neither is Doctor Who. Sorry, Reg. I don't think he's don't a superhero. Don't be sorry, because I don't think he's a superhero either. And someone put American Gods on there, which I thought was ridiculous. Like, there are super-powered people in that show, but none of them are really heroes, and definitely not the human in it. Uh, and last, I saw Firefly on there, and I'm just like, that's just a sci-fi show. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna fight for Star Trek, uh, because certain people on there have powers, and I feel like they still, you know, they do so much with what they have, you know, like Picard to me is a superhero, because. Oh, come on. Not, I, I, let, let me say why. <laughs> He's not your prototypical superhero, but I still feel like he is someone that uses what he has around him, his crew, his ship, to do overwhelmingly good and be way more successful than most other people in his position would be. So yes, he is normal. He has no inherent powers. He doesn't wear tights or whatever you call that uniform. 
but I still think that in my mind, he falls in that same realm where he uses his mind, his wit, his, you know, his ability to read a situation in those ways. So yeah, he doesn't have flashy superpowers, but I still feel like there's a reason why people gravitate towards characters like that. I like I your explanation, but I, I've got to side with Reg on this one. Picard, none of the Star Trek people are superheroes. Heroes, yes. He's a superhero in my heart. <laughs> uh, well, enough of this general discussion. We're going to really quickly just just gloss over the Umbrella Academy, because like I said, we are going to do a full episode on this. Um, I did want to get just... Give a general idea, uh, each of us, how you felt about it, um, what you thought about the powers, and maybe give you a, a quick grade, an unofficial grade, one that we can change, maybe one that we'll lead into next time, and we'll see if it changes during our discussion on the full topic. Uh, so who would like to go first and give their impression on The Umbrella Academy, which is a Netflix show. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I think it's only like eight episodes, maybe seven. Uh but it's worth it, in my opinion. So who wants to go first? Um, I'll take a shot at it. So I was really not excited to watch this show, and I heard so many good things about it, and I said, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. And I thought that they have a cool concept. It's a fairly, not a totally original, but fairly original concept. And I did like that there were kind of, there were some of your typical powers but they did have, you know, pretty unique ones. Um, like, um, I can't remember his number. Number four, was it? The kid that, um, with the tentacles and stuff. So I, I feel like there were your project. Well, you know, there's a strong guy. There's a guy that can teleport, like that kind of thing. But they also had some pretty unique uh, powers as well. I did also like, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but I do like that um, you kind of got the feeling that no one was safe, almost like you did at the end of season one of Game of Thrones. Um, we are like, oh, so characters can die in this show? Like, okay. So that made me respect a little bit more they're willing to kill off what you assumed was at least a, you know, a B-level character, um, you know, in the show fairly early on. So it did raise the stakes a little bit. I didn't like that you saw, or at least I saw the ending, like, by the end of episode one or two. Like, I kind of saw where it was going, and I didn't realize how it was going to take them so long to get there. Um, and obviously the writing, there were so many times I just, I was like, angry. I was like smashing my head against the table. I'm like, you've got to, these people can't be this dense. <laughs> like they're trained. Like they, like he, like the dad may have been a dick, but he trained them to like look at these situations and think critically and all this other stuff. And they literally just lost all of that and couldn't get past their, you know, whiny issues. So I, I think they had a really cool concept. I think they may be able to rein it in and really make a cool story out of it. Uh, but I don't think they did a great job. So I, overall, I gave it a C minus. So I am going to watch season two, but I think it's going to be in the first couple of episodes that'll tell me if I'm going to continue watching uh, past that because I wasn't super super impressed at the end. All right, on Olympic scale, 0.0 to 10.0, what would mm-hmm. you give it? Like a 5.2. Hmm. Okay. So can I just pull out one specific scene, and I'll try not to. I'm trying not to do any spoilers. But the very end scene when they're in the theater and they're all crouching. Okay, this is the lazy writing I can't stand. There's literally, I mean, what, 15, 20, 30 guys with fully automatic weapons just raining bullets down on them on the high ground. And they just give them all this time to have these conversations while they're huddled down behind these, you know, 
rows of almost look like pews, giving them little to no cover and somehow not a bullet hits them. And none of these, you know, military types say, okay, let's move in while we have the advantage. You know, they all just stand up there and just rain down bullets on top of them. I mean, that's just the most lazy, you know, I mean, it's like 007 level stuff where they just have 10 guys firing fully automatic weapons and not a single bullet hits them, you know, for it just, it was so lazy. I was like, this is just awful. Or, or when they're running down the bowling alley, you know, wide open, no cover whatsoever, all these people firing on them and not a single person gets a bullet. Like, really? I mean, that's just, that just seems so far fetched. I, I was, I was literally, literally considering stopping the show at that point. Okay, so today, tomorrow, and forever, I will concede that point. And I will say, not just for this show in particular, but I think about Proud Mary. I don't know if you saw that disaster of a movie. But I did not. They did... The, I, I don't understand movies that do that. Like, people know how scary bullets are. You don't need to have an overwhelming amount of bullets with no one getting hit. Like that, and, res- and respect people's common sense. I'm like, you know, <laughs> if you're going to do that, I wish you would just tongue in cheek throw a, a line in there where you're like, wow, it's amazing that we're not getting hit. This has never happened before. Like, it, just anything to be like, nod, nod, wink, wink. Um, Almost like the stormtrooper aim. Exactly, where it's just like, there are 40 stormtroopers, one guy in the middle of an open field, and they can't hit him for some odd reason. But yeah. that guy can well, turn around fair, and take 40 shots and hit him. The stormtroopers were told to miss agreed no no i agree about that i'm just saying it's kind of become you know yeah, part, but, of the, yeah. part of the but the yeah it's become i'll say this i i i think with superhero shows there's a lot that i'm willing to hand wave away and that's one of those things i think there is a point where uh people have plot armor you know and i'm okay with that because that's just how these stories are told so um, maybe I'm making excuses and maybe that I don't know if that's necessarily bad writing or if that's just the trope of the genre, you know. Um, so like when, when they're running that that I, I, that uh, bowling alley scene. Yeah, I can see how that's problematic. But at the same time, I'm willing to be OK with it because that's just. The genre, I guess. I would, I would even be more okay with it if they would do something along the lines of, even if getting them grazed, you know what I mean? Almost like Neo when he's, when he's, um, dodging the bullets and he gets, you know, nicked in the shoulder and nicked yeah. in the leg or whatever. It's like, at least give me that satisfaction that their aim isn't so horrible that they nicked him. It doesn't even have to, you know, it could be a scratch or, you know, whatever, but at least give me that because it's just so, it's almost like a slap in the face. Like, we really think you're that stupid. You know, to not believe that any one of these guys could be hit without using their superpowers to somehow dodge or, you know, whatever. Well, that's my thing. Just use some distraction or use have someone who has a power who can make that threat lessen enough that it's realistic. You know, someone who can exactly. put up a temporary shield that like it stops it or, you know, someone shoots a fire extinguisher and the water goes out and everyone as as the water's going off, everyone gets distracted, or someone throws a smoke bomb. Anything that just—it's just—it's just, it's just, it's just, just lazy. Give I mean, me something. You have a teleporting guy; he could teleport in them, you know, smack their heads, get them to turn around while his family's running. Or you could have, you know, number one jump up and pull some of the roof down, or start throwing things at him while his family runs, giving him color. You know, and that would actually help, you know, 
see them willing to do something for the other ones to help get out of there and yeah. use their powers for that, but they just don't. And instead, they all just run full bore. You know, it. It. I don't know. Sorry, didn't mean to hijack that with that scene, but that scene drove me crazy. No, no, well, no, it, I, I mean, it's it's fair. It's yeah. a fair point. That's the reason why um, I say I will concede that. Yeah. For me, uh, I enjoyed the Umbrella Academy like from beginning, and then I think for what I, what made it different for me is I like the fact that they are flawed superheroes or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like that they don't feel the burden to do what you know you would think people would call them to do. You know, like like for instance. Um, Peter Parker, one of the things that defines him is great power comes great responsibility, right? And they're like, we have great power, and they don't feel that responsibility. And I, I like that. And I, I like that it was an interesting look on people who, you, you know, what the burden of um, heroism does to people, you know? Um, so I, I appreciated that. But then I think for me, the problem I started to get was, again, like I saw where they were getting, like, like, like you said, Adam. I saw early on who the bad guy was gonna be. I thought it was so predictable, and when it happened, I wasn't all that shocked. And I just hated people making stupid decisions. Like, like I said, an adult conversation would have finished this story within the first three episodes, and nobody wouldn't have needed to die. Um, so like, I think that's a problem. If, you know, if a simple conversation can fix your plot, then you need to, you have, you know, that's bad writing. You need to fix your plot. You need to come up with another reason for the stakes to be raised. So like, that's the problem I had with the show. So like, overall, I think I would give it a C plus B minus. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm interested in it. I want to see what they do next, but, uh, yeah. Overall, it's not the worst thing on television, but not necessarily the best either. But it's it's worth the watch. Uh, what's your grade on the Olympic scale? I think I'd give it a a six point. Well, since we're doing six eight, six point eight. Woo! Wow, I thought you were right. closer to a six point two. I was like, I bet he's gonna go six point two. Yeah, I thought six point one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I am definitely the more optimistic person when it comes to this show. Um, what I love most about the show is Reg. It's the same thing you liked. I like the fact that these seemed like what would happen if you were actually raised to be a hero as a child. Like just how quickly and how badly that would burn you out. Um, particularly when people start leaving and when people start, you know, biting the bullet. Like I think that would be the thing that would really break you. And that's what I liked about the characters. Like, so many of them were, like, just... Broken, flawed broken, people. Broken, yeah. broken people. Like, you know, most people would think, oh, having superpowers would be great. I, You know, I, I would use them to my advantage. I use them to make money. Like, But what happens when your power drives you crazy? When, like, literally you're being followed by spirits and you can't turn it off unless you're literally high off your mind. Something I'd like to, I would like to delve deeper into on the episode, but I just want to kind of graze it here is I find it, I did find it interesting that they have heroes. Most heroes that you see were born and they choose kind of to be superheroes. You know, they, they were 
if from an event that happened, you know, Batman seeing his family murdered and you have, you know, just different people that have this event that happened, but they were kind of forced into it almost as a job. They were bred into it. So they weren't doing it for their own reasons like most others do. So, you know, they were almost forced or even brainwashed to be that way. So it was kind of interesting how they had to find a reason why they wanted to use them as opposed to just being told to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I really enjoyed the show. I do agree it was about an episode and a half, maybe two episodes too long. Like, again, that could have been like a five-episode show. And I do agree, Reg, that an adult conversation probably could have cleared those things up. But I also think with the backstories that they gave the characters and the personality flaws, they were bred to be a mix that was volatile, that was bred to blow up more than it was to meld because of the issues in their past and decisions that they had lived through so i did agree i enjoyed it um i can't i'm not one of those people who are going to give it an a just because i i liked it like i liked it but i don't think it was the best um show i've ever seen and it didn't really blow me off blow me off of my it didn't blow my mind but i did enjoy the the stories the background stories of each character, but even the stories of the side characters. I thought I felt like the stories of the side characters were the best part. I, I loved it when they cut to the, you know, the two, um, I don't know what you want to call them, you know, the bounty hunters. Yeah. yeah. Like they that were was, the best that, part of the show. Yeah. Honestly, that, I mean, the love story that yeah. blossomed, you know, later on with that was, was really cool. I mean, just, there was, there was B plots that I felt like were even way more interesting than, you know, the A plot. And oh, and the whole when they went to the, I don't even know what you would call it when he went to the, it almost looked like heaven or yeah. like you know some version of that. Like that is what I wanted to see more of. I was like, that is interesting. Like that's a that's a cool idea. Like I want to know more about that. And they kind of just left you hanging. They just like, oh no, we're not doing that. You know, really anymore. I'm hoping it's not left you hanging as much as this building foundation for the next season. Um, I will say this, um, is it Ellen Page? Is that the, uh, character yeah. who's number six or seven, whatever? Man. Yeah. Uh-huh. Her acting was so good, cause she made me hate that fucking character. Yeah. Like, I, well, first you liked her. I mean, she had the biggest arc. I mean, you kind of were bred to dislike all of the rest of them, and you kind of wanted to root for her. And then they kind of flipped the script on you, which was pretty interesting. Uh, I'll say the Junkie's the only one I liked that I knew I was going to like from the beginning. Um, and I liked them all the way through. But Ellen Page, I don't think I ever really liked her. I was just like, oh, God, just grow a spine. And then she did, and I was like, uh, still not happy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would probably give it a solid B. I could, On a good day, you might even convince me to be a B+. Um, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a 7.4, and I could even justify probably up to a 7.7, 7.8. Maybe an 8 if you really love it. Maybe you worked on the show. Anyone giving it a 9 and above, you're just out of your mind. Like, you're doing that for because you want to argue. Yeah, they were missing They were missing a factor, and I don't know. It may have just been a lot of little things, or maybe they're missing one big thing. But it just didn't have, you know, when you think of shows like, you know, Game of Thrones or, um, you know, even Battlestar Galactica for most of the run. It's like, man, they had something. They had it, you know, and I just didn't feel it in this show. 
Yeah, there, it always felt like they were. It was getting ready to take flight, or maybe it even flew a little bit, and then it sort of glided back down again. And then two and people it, got into a tiff for two yeah. for two episodes for no for no reason. reason. Yeah, that part. Yeah. Well, don't worry. We're gonna get really deep into Umbrella Academy on another show, as I said. Um, but I think it's time for our closing question. Now, obviously, our closing question is an easy one this week. Give me your top ten superhero TV shows, your live action. Uh, who wants to go first? Because I can go first, I can go last, I can go in the middle. That's what she I'm, said. I think I want to go first because uh, I have very little ex- – because I didn't watch any of the classic shows. I'm basically only using uh, a lot of current shows, and I haven't seen a lot of live action ones. So I feel like mine's going to be the shortest list, and you guys aren't going to agree with my list, but it's okay. So – uh, at number eight, I have Iron Fist. Uh, oh. definitely, definitely not great. Didn't even finish it, but I literally have only seen this many, so. Wait, it's did at the you bottom. finish Iron Fist season one at least? I did not. Ooh. I couldn't. Wow. It was rough. Yeah. It is rough. Uh, Luke Cage would be number seven. And I feel like his show was one I was like, I really thought, especially in the beginning, like the first five or six episodes, I was like, oh man, this is going to be so good. And then they just, I feel like they just lost steam. It was almost like Umbrella Academy, where it's like he was just making some really weird decisions, and I felt they were – you didn't quite always know who the villain was because it kind of kept changing as it went. So you weren't even sure who to root against. I don't know. It, it felt very muddled. Um, I heard season two was better, but I haven't got to it yet. Uh, number six, The Punisher. Um, he's just an awesome character, and I know he's not a superhero because he's just a normal guy. But I'm going to say The Punisher – uh, number five, Jessica Jones. I didn't like her, but I watched uh, season one and I really loved um, that villain. I thought he was the best part of that that season was was Kilgrave. I, I just thought he was played so well. Uh, number four, Daredevil. Um, and I think a lot of the B characters make that uh, what it is. Uh, number three, Heroes. Um, I did not watch uh, the later seasons. Uh, but man, they started off so strong. It was so good. I mean, it was like lost for me in the very beginning. You're just like, what is going to happen next? There were all these surprises. They were just, I was just like, oh man, this is so unique. And then I I really felt like that writer strike just took all the air out of that balloon. Um, and the last two, you guys aren't going to agree with me, but it's okay. Number two, I'm going to say stranger things. I know that's more like sci-fi thriller. Um, but I saw it on a couple of different lists, and I was like, all right, if enough people agree this is a superhero show, I will say that. I feel like there is villains, like a super villain kind of, but I know it's more sci-fi. And then Star Trek The Next Generation, amazing. I mean, just so good. It was so awful, some of them, but, I mean, you had an android, you had aliens. I know it's more sci-fi, but I still think Picard's a superhero in my book. I would count the Borg as super villains, and Q, he's got powers. Oh, Q. God, those are so good. Um, Brad, did you want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Um, some honorable mentions, uh, Mantis from back in the day, The Incredible Hulk, uh, Wonder Woman, The Green Hornet, and then this show that probably nobody watched because it was on the PlayStation Network or something, and it's one of those things where nobody probably knew how to actually watch it uh, unless you maybe had some friends online that would, you know, allow you to download it. If you know what I mean. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But uh, Powers, I thought it was a really good show. But, uh, 
Yeah, it, it just didn't get any traction because nobody knew how to watch it or, or even knew about it. But uh, that's my honorable mention. But uh, my top ten, uh, Lewis and Clark, uh, Adventures of Superman or whatever from back in the day. You mean Lois and Clark? Lois and Clark, whatever. Uh, with Dean Cain and uh, Terry Hatcher as yeah. uh, Lois Lane. Uh, number nine, The Punisher. Uh, eight, a Le- a Legends of Tomorrow. Um, because like I think Legends of Tomorrow is one of those shows where they try to be a legit superhero show, you know, like with all the angst of superheroes. But then they decided, you know what, we're gonna be campy and we're gonna lean into the camp, and they really found their voice now. And I love everything about that. So, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, then uh, the Flash at seven, um, Agents of Shield, which is a shock. But you know what, no. I'm gonna move Ages of Shield up. It, I knew it, it. It deserves to be higher than seven. Uh, okay. Down. Um, where was I at? Seven, I think. Seven. Yeah. Seven. Uh, did I say Flash? Flash was at seven. Yes. Yeah, yeah, six then. S- six. Uh, Smallville. I watched like all of that, even when it got long in the tooth, and I really enjoyed it. I think. You know, you wouldn't have the superhero shows on television if it wasn't for Smallville. So big kudos to Smallville. Uh, number five, Luke Cage. Uh, first season I thought was a freaking amazing. Um, second season was pretty good too. Um, too bad there's not going to be a third, but whatever. It is what it is. Uh, number four, Agents of Shield. Yeah, it's a show that when it first started, I was like, they need to cancel this show. This is this is garbage. This is hella bad. And then I don't know. Captain America's so, um, Winter Soldier comes out, and all of a sudden they turn the page, and it got good. Like probably one of the best shows, superhero shows on television, in my opinion. Agents of Shield. Um, I'll stand for that all day. Uh, number three, Daredevil. You can't argue that Daredevil's not the best. I mean, the writing, the acting, the action. It's a great story and a great story arc. Uh, number two, though, uh, Misfits. It's a show that if you're not watching British television, you probably don't know about, but a bunch of kind of like the Umbrella Academy done well. Uh, these kids who have no, no business having superpowers get superpowers. And then it's like they're trying to kind of, what do these, you know, delinquents do with their superpowers? And Ooh, I need to watch so, that. You said it's not always BBC? good. Yeah, it's not always good stuff. You know, they do some really shady, messed up things because they have superpowers. And like, at, one of the things that, like, they're on, um, community service. And like, one of the things that they first do is everybody that's like their community service, um, supervisor keeps getting killed. Like, <laughs> almost every episode for the, like the first season. So that's kind of funny. Uh, so like, that's really good. But then it's one of those things where like shit kind of hits the fan and they have to step up. Uh, and it has a rotating cast too, so it's not always the same people. So, uh, Misfits, number two, and the number one, Batman 69, uh, because, you know, Adam West and all that stuff, I love it, and that's my jam, that's what got me into the superhero stuff. All that shark repellent. Yeah. Huh. That is a hell of a list, man. Um, I might as well start mine out i have a few honorable mentions some regiary mentioned uh the incredible hulk and wonder woman i think about watching those as a kid um 
they really made me enjoy comic books and I loved how they were able to um to bring those characters to life. It's the reason why I've always loved Wonder Woman was because of that first live action show I saw. Also a shout out to Hercules and Xena, which are I think are super underrated, man. Those shows were fucking fantastic. Some of them were corny, some of them were good. But every now and then someone would die that you didn't expect. Uh I I, I enjoyed that. Um, but my 10, number 10, Lois and Clark. Um, I thought that was a great show. And as a kid, um, seeing Superman, pretty cool. Number nine, one I thought someone might say, how about the Power Rangers? You guys forget all about them? I didn't want to acknowledge that I ever watched that. So God, dude, listen, the original Power Rangers, when they first came on in America and not that we saw a bunch of it in Okinawa, but we were aware of it when we lived in Japan. Um, the first three like versions of the Power Rangers where they had the two movies, growing up in that time as like a, a middle schooler, uh, like that shit was awesome. By the way, did you know who voiced his the 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 guy in the green tube? I cannot remember his name for the life of me right now. Zordon. Zordon, yeah. Yeah, that was um. Uh, the guy from Breaking Bad actually yeah. voiced him. Uh, Brian Cranston. Brian yeah. Cranston, yeah. For real? Yeah. yeah. Isn't, I think Brian Cranston. That's one of the reasons. In, is that why he was in the movie? In the yeah. reboot? Yes. Oh, yep. wow, man. That's a fucking trivia question right there. I'm going to remember that one. Um, number eight, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, I liked them when it first came on. I didn't watch it all the way through, but like the, the seasons I did watch were good. Um, number seven, Batman. Uh, for all the reasons Dredge mentioned, I just remember going up knowing all of those villains. I remember when Eartha Kitt became Catwoman. Well, she was she was the switch, right? Or was she, did they switch she was from the first? She was the first, yeah. So I remember when she was like on the show, she was just so sexy and so awesome, and yet still so dangerous. But you also had the goofy ass characters like, you know, King Tut and, and, um, you know, the weird Riddler. Uh, number six, a show, Rich, that I, maybe I must have missed it when you said it, but I'm, if not, I'm surprised it wasn't on your show. List, uh, Alphas. You remember that show? Oh, the, the show that was on sci fi? Yeah, for like two seasons. The people yeah, were I mean, like, I, I really like that one because it depicts. I didn't I didn't omit it because I forgot about it. I just omitted it because I don't think it's one of the best superhero shows. I think it is just in the sense that it's one of the best and maybe one of the first superhero shows where they made their powers realistic. Where it wasn't like they just had an endless flow of power. You know, you had the guy who could like amp himself up to be super strong, but that had a fucking time clock to it. And when it shut off, it fucking shut off. So I enjoyed I enjoyed that show. Um, that's when you got me into. Uh, number five, Defenders. Uh, I know people had issues with um, Iron Fist, but I thought the combination of uh, all four characters was was, was great. Uh, number four, Punisher. Uh, I he's a superhero to me in that first season was great. I haven't seen season two yet. Number three, Luke Cage. I loved season one. Season two was even better. Um, just, you know, the Unbreakable Man. Number two for me was Heroes. For all the reasons I stated um, previously, the first two seasons of Heroes is fantastic. Um, 
season three is where it just nosedives. Uh, but number one for me is Daredevil. From the first time I watched it all the way through each season, it's the one show that I binge where I'm like, I finished the season in two days, which I normally don't do with Netflix. I normally can only watch two or three episodes at a time. Daredevil, I think I finished the first season in 22 hours. Yeah, that first season was... It just felt so different than almost everything you could see just because it was on Netflix and they could do things that most other shows that you watch couldn't do. I just saw that and I was like, damn, if this is what they're doing with Daredevil, what are they going to do with with Luke Cage? And Jessica Jones didn't make this list just because I felt like I suffered through season one. I watched the first 15 minutes of season two and just turned it off. The problem with season one was... You Kilgrave kept getting away, like that was just kind of stupid. And season two, uh, it wasn't for me. I didn't, I didn't like season two. I'd suffered through that. Yeah, I don't but, feel like she. I only liked it because of the villain. I she was kind of difficult to get behind. Yeah, I don't like self. I guess I just don't like self uh, destructive personalities. Like it's not. It's not fun to watch. It just gets old after a while. You're like, I get it. You suck. But just for once, just for once, can you make the not shit hold decision? Just once. Especially, I think for me, what it is too is, and this just goes back to bad writing. I hate when people make shitty decisions to make shitty decisions. Like, the fate of the world is in our hands right now. Can we put our shit aside and just deal with this? You know? Like, I, it always bugs me when people can't do that. When, like, you know, things are, are going wrong because of the people trying to fix them as opposed to things are just going wrong because crap's just going wrong. Yeah. Well, it's like Iron Fist and Defenders where it's just like, hey, to stop this thing from happening, you all we have to do is keep you away from this area. Right. And he's like, I'm going to go to that area. You're like, yeah. who would do that? Literally, if someone told me... To end me, the world, I if if I use my Iron Fist, I'll end the world. Well, I'm just not going to use my Iron Fist. You know, like, I might go to the extreme where I might even cut off my arm. How about that? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go that far. But, like, just... <laughs> if if someone says, you know, the world's going to end if you're at this place on this date. Be like, cool, I'm, I can't be in Texas? I'll just fly to California. I'll drive to New Mexico. I'll... Fucking go anywhere but be in the place where if I'm there, shit fucking explodes. But yeah. Um, well, guys, I want to thank you for joining me on this episode. Um, again, we'll be back with another episode, not just on Umbrella Academy, but also superhero animated shows because that is going to be a lively and great discussion because I'm very interested to see um, if we're all going to have the same even top three. Because there's so many great choices out there. Uh, Except there's really only one choice for number one. That's Batman, Batman the Animated Series. Listen, listen I, I agree with that, but I could believe someone could defend an X-Men um, being their favorite. Maybe not being the best, but being their favorite. I could see that. Um, still, uh, got, where can people find you if you'd like to be found? Uh, I don't like to be found. I just get on Twitter so that I can follow other people. <laughs> uh, you can follow me if you like at punkatheart395. Uh, but yeah, I mostly just uh, follow other people. You won't really see me post all that much. 
Who's your favorite punk band? Uh, I grew up on MXPX. Fuck yeah. Uh, I saw them once at Warped Tour. They were fucking amazing. Uh, They're amazing. And they're still doing it. It blows my mind. I know. Uh, Reg, where can people find you if you want to be found? Oh, you can find me at Hedonis, uh, so do Cinema Chat and Brother Brother with you. Uh, and you know me, I'm Tempe WMF, that's T-E-M-P-I-W-M-F. Uh, you can get the rest of my information in the outro. And like we always say, whether you're first or last, at least you're on the list. You've been listening to Getting Ranked, a Brother to Brother podcast production. I am your host, Tempe WMF, or at least I was, as this is the end of the show. You can find me on Twitter at Tempe WMF, that's T-E-M-P-I-W-M-F, and on Instagram at the same. Check out the podcast Twitter page at Getting Ranked PC, and check out my other show, Brother to Brother. Also, a shout out to Rujay, who produced the beat for the opening theme, which you're listening to now. And a big thanks to Bucho, a.k.a. at Aubrey underscore T22, who spit hot fire on that intro. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review. And until next time, remember, you may not be first, but at least you're on the list.